Miami had an up and down weekend that leads to some questions about how they move forward without Bam Adebayo, but there's some good news on the horizon regarding Jimmy Butler and Nostra Dumbwest returns. All that and more here on Locked on Heat. You are Locked on Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Heat Nation. It's a Monday edition of Locked On Heat, your daily podcast covering all things Miami Heat. However, you may be listening here on YouTube, Odyssey, or your favorite podcast app. Thank you so much for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. I'm David Ramil, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Wes Goldberg. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Check out prizepicks.com and use the promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app today. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Wes, an interesting weekend for the Miami Heat without Jimmy Butler, who stayed in Miami while the team traveled on to Indiana on Friday. A win for the Heat there. And then on the second night of a back-to-back, traveling to Milwaukee, a game where Giannis Antetokounmpo set out. Miami was absolutely clubbed, uh, 124 to 102, a tough loss for the Heat, but it was a good win against the Pacers, and yet, to me, it kind of seems like there's some open-ended questions about this team and how they respond, especially if they're going to be missing Bam and Bio for a considerable amount of time, which we know they will. Were there any specific takeaways that you had from either of these games that you thought were worth bringing up today on a Monday? Well, the first one is, I think, splitting that back-to-back on the road without Jimmy Butler, without Bam Adebayo, you walk away from that actually kind of feeling good about yourself, yep. I think. That, that to me, is a win. Um, I know that there's a lot of things that I want to get into kind of bigger picture with Miami mm-hmm. struggles recently, but being able to go into Indianapolis, into Milwaukee, uh, and I know Milwaukee didn't have Brooke Lopez and they didn't have uh, Giannis, obviously, Giannis, yeah. but, it's, you know, whatever. You're without your two top players if you're the Heat. You're able to you're able to split the difference on uh, two road back to back games. Come back to Miami for uh, to, and and you're staying at home all week long. So uh, all things considered, I think you feel pretty good coming back to FTX Arena. Yeah, it's essential as Miami has the next three games at home to at least try to build some kind of momentum. I think they got a snippet of that on Friday against the Indiana Pacers. A good dominant win for them with some strong yeah. performances from guys off the bench and things of that sort. Duncan Robinson seems to be. Finding his stroke again, uh, even seeming a little uh, snippety after the pre- post-game press conference. I'm not sure if you saw that when Ira Winderman of the Sun Sentinel asked him a question about doubting him somewhat. And Duncan looked him up and said, you know, oh, or did you doubt me? And he said, yeah, kind of, sort of. And then Duncan responded, oh, okay, noted. And he kind of looked a little upset that a lot of people were doubting him. So I guess now he's kind of feeling... He's feeling his groove a little bit, so that's good yeah. to see because he, he bounced back with some two strong games, even against the Pacers. Uh, I'm sorry, against the Bucks, he wound up having a strong showing. But I yeah. think there are some questions about those two games that kind of, specifically the Bucks game that I at least had regarding this team and how they move forward because there are the Bucks just look really good. Like they were able mm-hmm. to sign Wesley Matthews, they got to Marcus Cousins, and even without. Their MVP and Giannis and a strong role player in Brooks Lo- Brooke Lopez, they just dominated the Heat. And I know you can make whatever argument you want without Jimmy, without Bam, it takes away the identity of this team. But you know, did did well? First of all, did Miami miss a golden opportunity to win in Milwaukee in a game where Giannis was out of the lineup? And I think that's an interesting question. To me, I don't know. I, I think I kind of agree with you. 
at least splitting it, you can kind of hold your head and say, you know what, we would have liked to have gotten that win, but the, the, the odds were stacked against them. Right. They looked tired. They looked kind of, you know, just like ready to go on and, and go home and, and move on from this game. Do you agree or disagree? Yeah, I mean, look, if the Heat were healthy with Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, or even just Jimmy yes. Butler, uh, and you go into Milwaukee without Giannis, yeah, that that's a blown opportunity. But considering that you were so you you were you were just going deep into that bench, uh, you guys are so injured. I know that Milwaukee's also hurt, but it's the second night of a back to back on the road. Yeah, I don't I don't think that that was a missed opportunity. And that look, I think you and I looked. We were kind of looking ahead on the schedule. We had that Saturday night game circled. You know, we, yep. we talked. You know, maybe we do a live stream after that game. We maybe we do something like this because it's going to be a big deal. And right. then you know, in the days leading up to it, we're like, this is not going to be a big game. Like Giannis has taken a couple of games off now for rest. That wasn't just the only one he had. He's got some sort of lingering thing that he's that he's just taking care of. You know, if it were the playoffs or game or games that matter in a playoff he push, he would be yeah. out there. Um, and for the Heat, you get the same sense with Jimmy Butler a little bit. You know, I you never want to uh, look, you know, just kind of look over a, a tailbone contusion. Those things are really difficult to come back from um, in the past. And so I'm sure, though, if Jimmy Butler were playing in the playoffs right now, he would be out there, too. But um, it just sort of seems like one of those games that both teams wanted to just get behind them in the rear in the rearview mirror, so to speak. So, right. uh, no, I don't think it was a blown out. The one thing that I do want to talk about a little bit. Um, is just some of the bigger picture stuff um, that I am a little I am concerned about with Miami, and I know we'll talk about the rebounding here a little bit. Um, but just overall in that se- in that Milwaukee game, I, I don't know if it was just the fact that it was a second night of a back to back, but they seemed really slow on just basic stuff. Like the thing that they were in the beginning of the season, they were so crisp with their passes. Yep. They were so good closing out on three point shooters. They were rebounding the crap out of the ball. They were really playing hard, and they weren't they weren't making dumb mistakes. And against Milwaukee, they just they were like the passes weren't crisp. Like even when there was a, a several moments where the pass was just delivered too late, and it would end up being a deflection from for the Bucks, and then Miami would like let you know an easy scoring opportunity just sort of slip through their fingers. Uh, the rebounding they just weren't boxing out a whole lot, even though you know they're basically playing Caleb Martin as their backup power forward in that game. So right. and Milwaukee even without Giannis and Brook Lopez are still enormous, right? And yeah. so I think that was a, a big factor in that. But um just let, like three or four times David just letting letting the Bucks just score in transition off of a make. You know, they would they would hit a layup and the next thing you know, Milwaukee's got an outlet pass and they're scoring on their on the ba- on their own basket in there. And, and it's just like that's you can't, that's unacceptable. You can't do that if you're a team with championship aspirations. I don't care if you're injured. I don't care who, like, whoever is on the roster should know better. Um, and those are some of the things I'm more concerned about. I don't know if it's just because some of those guys, like the Caleb Martins, Max Drews, mm-hmm. Gabe Vincers, they're, they're just young, right? Like, yep. those aren't championship level players. They're young players and they're getting a, a whole lot of minutes right now. Omar Yurtsevin, too. Um, and then part of me also is, okay, are they, are, are they just being asked? to do so much over this last couple of weeks with so many injuries, your starters in and out of the lineup yeah. that maybe they're just tired, regardless of the second night of the back-to-back. Maybe they're overall, they're just exhausted. That's why they're not closing out on shooters. That's why they're a hair late I, on basic things uh, and not focusing the way we were accustomed to seeing this team focus. I, w- I would say they had, I would say they had that energy in Indiana, but I think this is kind of going to be a byproduct of starting two players that are 35 and over and have logged as many minutes as Lowry and PJ Tucker have. So I think that's the bigger problem because when you have a Bam and a buyer who's in his prime, you have Jimmy Butler in his prime and they do so much defensively, they make those, those small plays, those quick trigger plays that you're talking about that kind of masks yeah. the age deficiencies of players like Lowry and Tucker. So I think that's a big part of it is missing those two crucial cogs. I hear what you're saying about a contending team, not, they shouldn't be able to do this regardless of whoever's out there on the floor. 
But I think that's just a reality of players as they get older, they're going to be a little slower on the ball and things of that sort. But I, you know, you bring up a good point that Miami has to do things a little bit more intently. We've seen Eric Spolstra make those kind of comments along those same lines in several post-game pressers, particularly after mm-hmm. losses, that they have to move with intention, they have to move with purpose and things of that sort. Um, their passing, as you pointed out, was not as great. Now, I also had a bigger question about this team and watching how good Milwaukee was. We haven't been talking about the Bucks enough. I don't know if it's just this kind of hangover after a difficult COVID-related season that, you know, COVID is still impacting the league. We've mm-hmm. seen, you know, not only did it take out uh, LeBron James, although he, he was able to bounce back, but we saw the Hornets roster being decimated as a result. There are still players, vaccinated or not, that are still test- testing positive. And you wonder whether or not it's just a matter of time before Miami gets hit themselves. But looking at the Milwaukee Bucks, they look like a really good team that seems like nobody seems to be talking yeah. about them for whatever reason. Maybe it's because they started off the season slowly. I think that's exactly at, what it was. I, I think yeah. just it was the injuries, it was all the stuff, the fact that Brooke Lopez is out, who's such a major contributor for them. And, you know, there, there, there there's optimism in Buck's world that he could come back before the end of the regular season. But um, I think that's exactly it. And now, you know, I, I they just won eight straight games that, that, yep. That streak ended right before they played the Heat, but that team is really good, and Giannis is playing at an MVP level. Can, can yeah, Miami I mean, hold win another MVP this year? Can Miami hold their own against them? Because I think that's what a lot of Heat fans are the playoffs? Not even thinking about. It. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about the Brooklyn Nets. That seems like they're the, the, the you know obvious favorites yeah. here in the Eastern Conference. But the, why not the Bucks? And and they seem to have Miami's number to some extent, not just because of the playoffs sweep, but. I wonder whether or not Miami feels like, you know, with the additions of Lowry and Tucker and whatever other roster moves they make later on this season, that they can contend against a team like Milwaukee. Well, that's why they made the Lowry and Tucker move. They had Milwaukee in mind and Brooklyn to a certain extent. You know, P.J. Tucker defended Kevin Durant credibly in the playoffs last year from for the Bucs. But you made those moves because of the way that the Bucs were able to just just feast on, uh, you know, a below average defensive backcourt and. Uh, you, you wanted to get bigger, you wanted to get stronger, more physical, a little bit grimier, a little bit nastier, and you did that by getting Lowry and PJ Tucker. Uh, unfortunately, you know, we well, you know, fortunately, we saw the Heat at full strength earlier in the season in that yeah. opening night win against the Bucks, and they did, uh, you know, they played really well against them, blew them out. Um, and then in this last game, they n- neither team was really healthy. I don't think that there's much you could take away from it, other than the fact that I think Milwaukee is still, to your point, a really smart team. I know people just look at Giannis and their size and they're like, oh, you're just super big and you're just out physical. That's a really smart team. They close out well. They're on a string defensively. They're doing all the right things. They have championship experience and championship confidence. If anybody's overlooking the Bucs, I don't know what to tell you. Like they are an absolute factor in the Eastern Conference. And that just seems like they're they're they might be the best team in the East right now. They probably are with yeah. Giannis healthy. Uh- the, well, the two teams will be rematching on Wednesday at the FTX Arena, and Jimmy mm-hmm. Butler is expected to be back in the lineup for that. Listed as questionable as we're recording this on Sunday for Monday's game against Memphis. So likely to return on Monday against the Grizzlies, and we'll see how he's able to hold his own. And especially leading up to that matchup, again, maybe a little chance for revenge against the Bucks on Wednesday. Should be a great game. But we'll talk a little bit more about Miami's issues rebounding in the third segment. Of course, we'll get a visit from Nostradamus Weck, the next. But first, let me tell all of you about Prize Picks. If you're an NBA fanatic, maybe you haven't heard about Prize Picks, but Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love this, and I know you will too. Prize Picks has the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. Prize Picks offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator and offers all the superstar players as well as bench players only recording a handful of minutes each game. Prize Picks offers any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. 
All of your users that deposit and use your promo code will receive a 100% instant deposit match of up to $100. Just be sure to use the promo code NBA. You can pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. PrizePix is safe and offers fast withdrawals. So don't hesitate. Check out prizepix.com and use the promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app today. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. And speaking of making things easy, today I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle. That's Direct TV Stream. It brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. And the best part? No annual contract. So stop waiting and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. All right. It's time to make some predictions for the week. It's time for Nostradamus. Here we are, David. Uh, before we get into my predictions for this week, make sure, uh, thank you, first of all, for making Lockdown Heat your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Please do subscribe. All right, David. Uh, let's... First, to a review of my predictions last week. Now, number one, I said no drama against Denver in that Monday night game, and that's exactly what happened. That one was pretty easy. It was a little yeah. bit of a uh, uh, an easy one for Nostradamus West to predict there. But then, <laughs> you know, it got a little dicey. It got a little dicey. Jimmy Butler, uh, I said he would get four steals against Cleveland. He did not play, so that no longer counts. Jimmy Butler, I thought he would score 40 against Indiana. He did not play, again, because of that tailbone contusion. So... Uh, that one doesn't count, but I'm going to go ahead and just chalk those up as W's for me since I didn't have he the opportunity to He would have gotten lose. those things. Yeah, right. He would have gotten four steals. He would have gotten 40 points had he played. And then I did predict that Duncan Robinson would make six three-pointers against Milwaukee. Now, that wasn't right. exactly what happened. He right. made uh, three against Milwaukee. He made four in the game before the Milwaukee game against Indiana. Yeah. And because Jimmy Butler, the Jimmy Butler prediction didn't count because Jimmy Butler didn't play... I'm going to go ahead and just lump the threes that Duncan Robinson made against Indiana in with the ones that he made against Milwaukee. Mm -hmm. And you just add those together, and that's seven threes. So, in fact, I even Duncan Robinson uh, outdid my Nostradamus West's prediction. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and chalk that up as a W, too. So that was an undefeated week for Nostradamus West. That, that's kind of murking the tea leaves a little bit there, kind of reading them however you want to. But you know what? I, I, look, I trust you. You've got the great vision. I, I think uh, maybe you know best. I think so, too. All right, it's time to get into some predictions for the week. Oh. Monday against Memphis, David. The Heat have played the Grizzlies well this season. Mm. We've talked. We're going to talk a little bit more about the rebounding issues that we alluded to earlier in the show. Right. But I think in this game, they win the rebounding battle. And the reason I say that is because the last time these two teams met, um, Miami out-rebounded the Grizzlies 50-32. to 32. That was a pretty wide margin, even with Steven Adams and some of those great size guys and rebounders that Memphis has. And that was in a game without Bam, So, but right. with Jimmy Butler. And what are we going to have on Monday? Jimmy Butler is expected to make his return. Bam Adebayo will not be available. So I think you're going to be getting roughly the same lineup. John Morant's not going to be available for Memphis, I don't believe, at this point. So, And he's kind of an underrated rebounder at his position. I think, mm -hmm. I think Miami gets back onto that rebounding grind. They win the rebounding battle against the Grizzlies. Bold statement there. Again, kind of I'll, I'll save any kind of debate on that because we will be talking about 
their yeah. rebounding issues in the next segment. But that's that would be really, really impressive for Miami and a good statement for them after taking some criticism from Eric Spolstra over the weekend's performances, especially on the rebounding battle. Are you ready for our second prediction, David? Always. Not for dumbass. Wednesday against Milwaukee. Okay. We just played this team. I think everybody knows what's what in regards to the Heat, in regards to the Bucks. And here's one thing that's definitely obvious. Both of these teams are giving up a ton of threes. In fact, Oof. these are the two teams giving up the most three-point attempts in the league this season. It's the Heat and the Bucks, And that was still the case uh, this weekend on Saturday night. And I think it's right. going to be the case again on Wednesday. And that's what's going to make Duncan Robinson the Miami Heat's leading scorer in that game. Now, we rarely see that. A lot of times, Duncan Robinson is sort of the second or third. When he when he's playing well, like right when that three-point shot is going down, he's not usually the guy leading the team in scoring. Usually, that's Jimmy Butler, Tyler Hero, even a Kyle Lowry could do something like that. I think this is going to be the instance where Duncan Robinson goes out. I think he's going to have one of his best games of the season, if not his best game of the season. He's going to be Miami's leading scorer in that game because one thing I noticed against Milwaukee was they were giving up that corner three quite a bit. And that's something the Bucs do is they do give up that corner three a lot. And that's where Duncan Robinson has been finding most of his success this season. I know that he still wants to do the dribble handoffs and things like that. But he's getting he got into the lane a little bit against Milwaukee on those kinds of plays. I think they're going to funnel him to the corner more often. I think they're going to see that on film. I think they're going to lean into it a little bit more. The Heat will. And uh, I think Duncan Robinson springs loose. I think he has his best game from three-point range of the season. I think he's Miami's leading scorer against the Bucs on Wednesday. That is perhaps your boldest prediction yet, Nostradamus. I I feel like that's – go ahead and pencil yourself as a, as a big red X next to that one because I just don't see any chance of that happening. But you know what? I like the what bold direction you're taking. It's interesting. Oh, and it wasn't as bold as Duncan Robinson's vest that he wore. In that post-game press conference. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to Saturday's matchup against the Chicago Bulls. That should be a good one. Jimmy Butler is going to be back. And yes, he's he going to have to shake off some of this rust these first two games. But I'm telling you, by the time he plays Chicago, that rust will be fully shaken off, David. Yep. Jimmy Butler will attempt at least 10 free throw attempts Ooh. in that game. The last time Jimmy Butler played Chicago, he went 6 for 7 from the line. Chicago is giving up one of the highest opponent free throw rates in the league. I think we see Jimmy Butler without Bam Adebayo in the mid post. I think you're going to see a lot of pick and pop, a lot of Dwayne Dedman spacing the floor, a lot of Omer Yurtsevin spacing the floor. It's going to clear up some of the stuff in the lane a little bit. They're going to be going to him often. I think this is going to be his breakout game post tailbone, right? I think mm. you're going to see him tread water against Memphis. He's going to do the job that he needs to do against Milwaukee. And then I think against Chicago, we get another classic Jimmy Butler performance, and that's going to include him dictating the tempo, dictating the pace of the game by getting to the free throw line early and often. At least 10 free throw attempts for Jimmy Butler. A lot of times that doesn't sound like it's a big deal, but in this this yeah. season, the way that yeah. officials are calling it, getting to the line 10 times is a, is a really big accomplishment these days. So I think we get 10 of them at least from Jimmy Butler on Saturday against the Bulls. A huge win taking advantage of Chicago's active defense, uh, maybe forcing Lonzo Ball and uh, Alex Caruso into foul trouble. I'd love I would have loved a prediction that somebody yams on Alex Caruso's bald head. I guess that's unlikely. Unless unless there's a bonus prediction that you're willing to make Nasser Dumbas. Sure, I'll, I'll I'll go ahead and throw that out there. Somebody I think I think we get a Caleb, Caleb Martin, Martin Caleb Martin poster right on yeah. uh, Alex Caruso. There you go. Let's add that to the list. I, love I think it. that's the that that might be the David Ramil uh prediction there, but we'll, we can run it back. With the, I like it. With those I like it. You know what? You know it's good. Yeah, yeah. Piggybacking off of the, uh, the 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 great insight that Nasser Dumbas provides, and look, that would be a fantastic accomplishment for Butler to be able to take advantage 
proving once and for all that he's truly Kyle Lowry's best friend and taking advantage of that Chicago defense. It's going to be a fun matchup, and uh, I can't wait to see the dunk on Alex Caruso from Caleb Martin. That should be a good one. But we'll get into some more issues regarding Miami's rebounding the next segment as well as Monday Madness. My time to get angry. But first, just a reminder that I love the holidays. I think everybody loves the holidays. I know sometimes it can be a little difficult for some people, but if you like tasty treats, all the good food, and all the other things that you like to eat over the holidays, then let me tell you, it's great, but you might want to try an alternative. And that's why it's the perfect time for Built Bars. Built Bar is the new holiday dessert. based on something delicious and feel good about it. A slice of pie can have upwards of 300 calories. You don't have any of those concerns with Built Bars, and yet you sacrifice another taste. So many delicious flavors. They're low-calorie, low-carb, low-fat, high-protein, giving you all the nutrients you can uh, possibly want without sacrificing any of the taste. 100% covered in chocolate, soft and easy to chew. You don't even know you're eating a protein bar. You think you're having just another slice of pie or another piece of cake around the holidays. You know what? You're going to go to office parties. You're going to go to families and friends' houses and indulge in all these delicious treats. You can just say, you know what? No, thanks. I've got my delicious new protein bar here, Built Bar. That's the way to go. Uh, share some with your at your family gatherings or at your office parties. It will make things less awkward. I think there'll be new surprises all month long as they introduce new flavors here and there. Go to Built.com. Use the promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off, but only if you go to Built.com. Bet online. They've got you covered for all season long for more props, odds, and lines than ever before. As football season continues the march of the playoffs, the Dolphins just won their fifth straight. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus from basketball, football, the NHL, and your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Just a reminder that you can always reach us via email at lockdownheat at gmail.com or via Twitter using the hashtag AskAllHeat. Be sure to please subscribe to the show and leave a review. Of course, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're halfway to 1,000. That's the goal. Hopefully, we'll get that within the next month. And we can't do it without you. And your feedback is so important to us. So please Make sure you click on the link on our show notes so you can fill out a brief survey so you can let us know how you watch or listen to the show and any changes that you'd like to recommend. But again, we couldn't do this show without you. So on every occasion, we want to, whenever we can, we want to wave hello and shout out a fan of the show that we appreciate you. And this week's heat wave goes out to Gabriel Brock. Gabriel's a longtime listener and now a viewer on YouTube, which you should be too. And he was one of the first guests over at the Lockdown Heat watch party a few weeks back with his lovely girlfriend, Vanessa. So great to have them there to watch the Detroit Pistons game. It was so fun, so much fun to interact with Gabriel and all the other fans in attendance there. And thank you so much for always being supportive of this show. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that was our, our first watch party. Uh, mm-hmm. Gabriel told us he would be coming out in the YouTube comments. We uh, were really excited to see him there. And it was a really... Uh, overall, I think a, a better turnout than you and I even expected. So uh, we look forward to doing that again. And that's part of the survey that we have uh, that you mentioned. It's in the show notes. Click that link and you can tell us a little bit more about if you would be interested in attending a watch party, how you would be interested in where you might want to do it and how right. you could help us organize our next one. All right. 
Let's get into some time for for me to kind of, you know, I know you don't want to start off the week this way necessarily. Everybody's trying to stay positive, especially around the holidays. That can be a little difficult for people. But you know what? Sometimes I just get so filled with anger. I've just got to explode. It's time for Monday Madness. Wes, let me tell you, nothing gets me as upset as this new trend around the NBA of welcoming back players that were on your team, however briefly, and putting up a video kind of saying, oh, welcome back, thank you for your service, whatever crap they put out there on those jumbotrons to kind of remind you that you you spent some time wearing this particular jersey. And against the Milwaukee Bucks on Saturday, it was even worse when they trotted out P.J. Tucker, forced a microphone into his hands, and gave him his championship ring where he had to get all up in his feels and just talk about his championship with the Bucks. He's not playing for them anymore. It's time to put that in the rearview mirror, move on, forget about it, make a private ceremony behind the scenes. You've got plenty of time before the game starts. Just grab PJ aside, give him his ring, let him stash it in his locker and let him be done with it. Why put him out there so you can reignite those old feelings? That's like like having to kiss an ex in front of all your your, your new girlfriend or something like that. Why would you do that? That would be terrible. That would be, Uh, first of all, likely the end of a relationship. I don't see why they do it. Uh, look, I mostly agree with like the the jumbotron tribute videos to like this the you know a guy who just played for you for a season and you guys went to the playoffs and you're like oh tip of the hat welcome back uh, Mo Harkless you know, Jr. Smith Mo Harkless right like it's just like all right that's enough but the guy won a championship in front of those fans like I think that's okay you give him the ring he has his moment ah. he didn't get to get him get that ring with his teammates I would say I guess the the alternative would be like you just mail it to him ups overnight shipping or something like or you give it to him like before the game like that but that's now you have an opportunity for bucks fans to to you know ah. pay tribute to pj tucker for all i, I don't want the bucks to pay tribute to anything i don't even want to remember the bucks championship at all and i hate that they force pj out there to say we'll always be dogs where dogs are back together i love right. you cleveland i mean cleveland milwaukee i forget <laughs> it no that's the difference yeah yeah Exactly. Exactly. What's the difference? Let's move on. I, I don't yep. even want to talk about it anymore. Enough with the, the tributes and, and past teammates and stuff like that. Now, we have some legitimate concerns. As much as that might have been you know, kind of artificial there, but Miami's rebounding woes do continue after emphasizing the need to grab rebounds and initiate their fast break offense earlier in the season. The Heat lost both rebounding battles this weekend, and it was particularly egregious against the Milwaukee Bucks. They were just clubbed completely there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eric Spolster said after that game, This is a quote from him. I think it has to be a big refocus and recommitment to it. Throughout the first five, six weeks of the season, we were one of the top rebounding teams in the league, and we came into training camp the preseason, the start of the season, as that being an emphasis, it's getting away from us a little bit. We have to make sure that we get the finishing possessions the way we're capable of. The Heat now ranks 22nd overall in terms of rebounding and takes on Memphis team that ranks first in the department. Miami at one point ranked fourth early on in the season, and now, again, slipping to 22nd. Wes, is this a legitimate concern? I know your favorite stat, the rebounds, but at the same time, it was such a big part of what made this Miami yeah. team so electric. It seems like they've completely gone away from that part of their identity. Yeah, because the formula is play great defense, rebound the ball. You're not going to make a ton of threes. That's sort of just Duncan Robinson and Kyle Lowry's job and, and P.J. Tucker from the corners. But rebounding is a fundamental you know, principle of this team, the way that they're built and the way that they're going to win. And you mentioned like their 22nd in the league. That's because over the last 10 games, they're 30th in the league in rebounding in rebounding rate. Like that's that's not good. the worst. Um, yeah. They gave up 19 offensive rebounds to Milwaukee. 
and, and look, you watch that game, and uh, you know you heard Tyler Hero after the game against Milwaukee. Eric Spoelstra say, hey, "We got to recommit. We got to box out. We got to do the little right. things a little bit more." It's also a problem when one, two of your best rebounders aren't playing, in Bam and Jimmy Butler. It's a problem. Sure. When, I, I think Caleb Martin has been a really nice player for them, but he's a small forward and he's playing backup four for them. Markeith yeah. Morris continues to be out. He's a good rebounder. Omer Yurtsevin looks like he should be a big, uh, better rebounder. His rebounding rate is fine, but it's not as good as you think it would be. Dwayne Dedman has been good. But he's not getting those athletic rebounds the way that Bam and Jimmy are. He's getting the ones that are sort of right. He, he does his job, but he's not going out of his way. He's not going out of his rebounding zone and grabbing those hard-to-reach ones, um, which is sort of what makes an elite rebounding team an elite rebounding team, is getting the ones that you're not supposed to get, not just the ones that you're supposed to get. The other part of it, too, David, is that they're playing so much zone defense lately yep. that that makes it really hard to rebound. I think that's really the problem here is because – uh, instead of guarding a man, when you're playing defense, man-to-man defense, and that ball and the shot goes up, you just turn around, box out your man. But in the zone, you might not be face-to-face, toe-to-toe with anybody. You all of a sudden have to search out a body to go box out. And it's kind of unclear, okay, who's supposed to be boxing out? Who's supposed to be actually chasing the rebound? It's really hard to rebound out of the zone. I understand why Miami has gone more to zone. It's because that lack of size I was just talking about, it's hard to play man-to-man defense, especially when you're asking young guys like, you know, Caleb Martin, Max Struess, Gabe Vincent, to play, you know, that level of defense against elite competition. I don't know if they're ready to do that. Um, and so they've been leaning more and more into this zone, and it's taking them out of position. I actually don't love how much zone this team is playing. Yep. I don't even think they're playing it that well. Like, they're allowing a lot of stuff backdoor. I just, I don't, I think they need to, they need to really curb the zone a little bit. Like, they need to, they need to cut back on it. I just don't think it's working. And I think that's the culprit, the main one. Plus the now, yeah, I mean, absolutely. Uh, so including the injuries, the lack of size, and now I think a lot of Heat fans are kind of curious about whether or not Omer Yurtseven can be a regular contributor. I, I know mm-hmm. we answered this in our most recent episode as well last week, but at the same time, after extended minutes on Friday and Saturday, do you think he gets an uptick in playing time so he can help alleviate some of these rebounding woes? Because if you're starting Deadman, and then you don't have any other big body to bring off the bench. You're playing P.J. Tucker at the five uh, more extended yeah. minutes. Is year seven playing more time uh, a solution for this rebounding issue? I don't know if it's a solution, but it's certainly better than putting Casey Akpala in there and Eric Spolster right. because Akpala hasn't been getting minutes the last couple of games and year seven has. Right. Now, maybe that's a, uh, just because of the matchup, just like Milwaukee, Indiana is really big with Miles Turner, Demontis Sabonis in that front court, and I don't think that was a good matchup for Akpala. It was a better one for Yurtsevin. I think we'll continue to see a mix of those guys. Um, mm-hmm. But I, it, I think there there could be a lot, not just from a personnel perspective, but you're getting Jimmy Butler back. That's going to obviously be helpful. But if you're able to, and with Jimmy Butler back, maybe you don't have to play so much zone, right? Because you have one of the best wing defenders in the game uh, back on the court for you. So I think it, it's committing back to boxing out, cutting back on how much zone defense you're playing, getting, getting Jimmy Butler back. I think we're going to see the, to me, it was that was more of, it was just a bunch of things going wrong for Miami from a personnel perspective. Like you want to be a good rebounding team, but you don't have your best rebounders. That's a problem. Uh, yeah. You got one of them back. I think Jimmy Butler, he just, he makes so many things. He makes everybody better. He blankets over so many problems on that team. It's why he's still one of the most underrated players in the NBA is because he's able to do that. I think we're going to see the heat be a little bit better of a rebounding team this week. All right. Well, hopefully they'll get back to on track against the Memphis Grizzlies. That'll be a fun game. And of course, we'll have your recap after that game. So thank you so much for making Locked on Heat your first listen every day. Remember that every episode is always free and available. So make sure you get the show wherever it's available. Make sure to also check out Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. This is David Ramil signing off for now. Thanks for joining me, Wes. Wrap it up, B.